of the spin from political pundits, you're in the right place. This is On The Level, where spin meets sanity. Here's your host, Sean Waugh. Welcome into On The Level. That's right, I am your host, Sean Wall. This is where spin meets sanity, and we continue into 2021 with more insanity from the Biden administration. President Biden recently in Europe at the G7, bumbling, stumbling all over himself. He's been studying for weeks, um, you know, working up to today. Harassing the full potential of uh, those who are harassing. I know you all know, but a lot of people may not know what COVID is. And what are your plans? 120 days. Give me a break. The proof of pudding is in eating. In Libya, we should be opening up the, 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 the for example, in, uh, in Libya, uh, of, uh, of Libya. Of, I'm sorry, I'm going to get in trouble with staff. I don't do this the right way. Jennifer Jacob, Bloomberg. Uh, the answer is that is the leader of the free world. And that's what happens when he no longer has a teleprompter. He's trying to speak off the cuff. He's trying to speak off of note cards, as we saw him try to do in his very first press conference that he had been pressed to give. So the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. I'm... We're going to get a lot done. And we continue to nosedive. Inflation is is starting to really kick in. We see the tripling of lumber prices, gas prices continuing to go up. Your uh, groceries, your goods and services are all increasingly going up. These are the repercussions of trillions of dollars being shoved out to the American people. Loosey-goosey, and your $600 was nothing more than a predatory loan, and you will end up paying that back three, four, five-fold via inflation and taxes. It's the inflation tax, the inflation Biden tax. And when he claimed that people making under $400,000 were not going to be taxed, they sneakily throw this kind of garbage in there. Knowing that inflation is going to happen, you're going to end up paying more for goods and services, and in the end you're going to have less money. My bills are all due and the babies need shoes but I'm busted. Cotton is down to a quarter a pound and I'm busted. What a joke and what a farce. And Republicans continue to sit by idly doing nothing. Republicans had a chance 2016 to 2020, Donald Trump would still be president if these morons would not have foresaw what was going to happen with the elections in 2020, with the maneuvering for the absentee balloting. They knew it was going to happen. It was a perfect opportunity. Never let a tragedy go to waste is the Democratic motto. And they pulled it off. They knew exactly which states they needed to win in order for, you know, for Biden to win. They focused in on those states. 
and were able to pull it off. And the limp-wristed, anemic, weak, conservative political parties, those who were in power, allowed it to happen. (laughs) Governor Kemp in Georgia, Raffensperger in Georgia, those in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Arizona, now they're trying to go back and audit. Now they're trying to save some face. Look, folks, it's too late. Yeah, hopefully you can fix things for the next go-around. It happened in Nevada. And then Trump just ransacked everything else, won everything else. We turned seats in the House. They couldn't so much as focus on those down tickets as they did the presidency because it was at the top of every ticket. Those House races were regional, much, much more difficult to try to infiltrate. Don't be surprised if they don't do it next time if it's not changed. Conservatives think, oh, yeah, we're going to win. We're going to win more House seats. We're going to win more Senate seats. Don't take that to the bank. If you don't think Stacey Abrams and her clan, Selena Montgomery or whatever porn writing name she goes by, if you don't think that they're not in the background right now attempting to get absentee ballots and, and collecting for ballot harvesting, then you got another thing coming. Because that's what they're doing right now. They don't want to lose those seats. They want to pick up some seats. They've, they've got the presidency. Joe Biden is the puppet, the demented man sitting back in the corner that stumbles and bumbles and can't do anything and, and even now barely read off of a teleprompter. Uh. Who's leading this party? It's not Kamala Harris. <laughs> she got less than 1% of the vote during her presidential run. The Democrats didn't even want her. The word on the street in the background is that they still don't want her, but they're going to get her. Joe Biden is not making it four years, folks. If you think that Joe Biden is going to make it four years. I got some ocean property in Arizona. From my front porch you can see the sea. I got some ocean property in The Republican Party has to do something about it. My friend Tal Bachman, singer-songwriter, he wrote a great column. He's, he's ex- also an excellent writer. He wrote a great column at AM Greatness, AmericanGreatness.com, that he titled, The Republican Party Sucks. And he laid it out. I'm going to talk through that here today. And he's right on. It actually got him invited on Steve Bannon's war room to talk about it because he hit the nail on the head. He's exactly right. The Republican Party sucks. It, it, you know, once upon a time, it didn't suck. Actually, there were lots of times that it didn't suck. I'll run through a few. It it didn't suck when, at its founding in the late 1850s, it declared slavery an inhumane, barbaric practice and eventually ended it. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. No way. Yes way. A Bible-believing Christian. The Republican Party didn't suck when it ended repressive and predatory Mormon polygamy a few decades later. It didn't suck when it declared the late 19th century corporate monopolies to be injurious to representative democracy and citizen welfare and diminished their power. It didn't suck under President Dwight D. Eisenhower, who presided over a post-war era of peace and prosperity. It didn't suck when it fought segregationists, 
Democrats, by the way, to ensure equal application of the law. The Republican Party didn't suck when it fought against communism for half a century and eventually won. Amen. But Tao writes something interesting. The Republican Party really started to suck with the presidency of George H.W. Bush, Bush Sr. Right after Reagan leaves, right after he goes out for after his eight years, his eight years of a wonderful presidency in the 1980s, then comes in, then in comes his vice president at the time to become president, George H.W. Bush, riding on the coattails of Ronald Reagan, as Joe Biden has done with Barack Obama since 2008. The Republican Party really started sucking with Bush Sr., H.W., He pushed America into the first Persian Gulf War amidst a massive PR snow job that involves fake stories about little Kuwaiti kids. I remember that. It was Bush Sr. who framed that war as a glorious opportunity and morally obligatory to step toward a new world order. By which he meant the eventual dissolution of national borders, including those of the United States, and the rise of a one-world government. Bush Sr. also pushed economic corollaries to his political one-worldism. He relentlessly preached free trade ideology, eventually signing NAFTA, December of 1992. He laid the groundwork for the World Trade Organization, which would officially emerge in 1995. That was during Bill Clinton's presidency. He began pushing for open trade with communist China. He refused to protect American manufacturing, auto manufacturing, among other types, against subsidized imports intended to destroy American industries. His 1990 Immigration Act triggered a perpetual flood of cheap Latin American labor, which inevitably undercut working class wages at home. I was a product of this. I was a young kid, 15, 16, 17 years old at the time, every summer working in tobacco. Grew up in Kentucky. We worked tobacco. That's how you made extra money. I did it since I was probably six years old, six, seven years old. Even going from setting setting tobacco to cutting tobacco uh, to topping tobacco to hanging tobacco to stripping tobacco. There's, There's different stages with tobacco. We would work them all. But that immigration push came in, and here comes lots of Latin American folks coming across the border up into all parts of the South, really the the Southeast, to work in these tobacco fields. Never working tobacco before. And trying to show them and help them to learn. And some of them could do it, but most of them really didn't care. They wanted to know how much money they were going to get at the end of the day. And in particular, when we started to cut tobacco, if you know this, sorry I'm boring you if you don't know what I'm talking about, but for those of you who have cut tobacco, there's this process where you cut about six stalks, five or six stalks of tobacco. And then you take those five or six six stalks and you have a little spear and a straight tobacco stick. And you take that spear that's rounded on the end and you put it on the end of the tobacco stick and it comes to a spear. And then you take that stalk, each of those stalks, and you put that spear right in the middle of the stalk and you spear that plant down. That's after you've cut it. You've reached down, you've cut it, you've pulled it up, turned it upside down, and then you've taken that stalk and you've speared that tobacco plant through the middle and you put about five or six on and you stand the stick up then that tobacco once it's been cut then it sits there to dry well if you don't get that tobacco stalk dead center in the middle of that spear when you go to pick that 
stick up to put it on the wagon to then take it to the barn and hang it, well, what's going to happen to that stalk that's on that stick? It's going to break right off. And then you've got to re-spear it. This would happen over and over. In order, because we get paid by the stick. The more sticks you cut, the more money you got paid. But it was hard for the farmer who was paying to be able to distinguish if all of the stalks were on the stick. All he could look out through there and see is, oh, there's sticks on the ground. I count those sticks. I'm going to pay for those sticks. It's not until you go back through, pick the sticks up to put it on the wagon, all of the plants fall off of the stick, and you basically got to rework it again. And most of those laborers had moved off to the next farm because they're cutting somewhere else. And lo and behold, there we were working more. Now, I'm not broad brushing all of them, but this was most of them, the ones that I worked with. And eventually the farmer that, one of the farmers that I helped a lot, he just stopped using that labor. The following year, he did not use that labor. So I'm not going to do that again because it cost him more money. It wasn't a racist thing, but they were working for the same amount as I was, but they stopped using it. And this was all part of the Immigration Act put forth by George Bush Sr., H.W. And every step of the way, establishment Republicans supported him. And all in all, in just four years, and remember, that's all he got, right? He didn't get a second term. Remember this? Read my lips. No new taxes. Killed his chances for a second presidency. A complete lie. Back then, you couldn't lie to the American people. Now it's like, it's done every day. The vice president does it. The president does it. It's a constant lie. Bald-faced lies. Because the media, who has a slobbering love affair with the leftist progressives, because they are leftist progressives, they are DNC operatives, they care not. In fact, the New York Times constantly is lying and having to retract stories. They just lost a lawsuit against the Babylon Bee, by the way, it was a satire site, because they were claiming they had misinformation. They're satire! Everybody knows the Babylon Bee is satire. The New York Times is absolutely a joke. Barry Weiss, she left the New York Times and now has her own podcast is talking about the nonsense that goes on at the New York Times and just the intentional lying that goes on just to be political operatives of the left. Journalists are no longer... Journal- Journalism died in 2008 with the slobbering love affair of Barack Obama, and it's continued. But in just four years of George H.W. Bush, George Bush Sr., the Republican Party initiated the deindustrialization of the United States of America, the devastation of thousands of working-class communities and families, the acceleration of disruptive demographic change, and the national slide toward dependence on that is controlled by China. And we're still controlled by China. Man, that sucks! And what also sucks is that ever since the Republican Party, with only a few exceptions here and there, has just continued to suck more and more. Take George W.'s tenure. It includes an FBI which failed to intercept a devastating 9-11 terrorist attack, months in the making, by the way, which killed 3,000-plus people despite many opportunities for detection. It includes W.'s proto-woke demand immediately after the attacks that we all become as reality-resistant as he was and deny against all sense and reason that Islamic terrorism had anything to do with Islam. That don't make no sense. That's right, it doesn't make any sense. 
Because Islamic terrorism has everything to do with Islam. I've read the Quran. I've read the Hadith. I've read the history of Muhammad. I know that it has everything to do with it. And we are living in a fantasy land and we are lying to one another if we say otherwise. Stop with the wokeness and let's get back into reality and out of fantasy land. It also includes George W.'s refusal to consider any alteration of Middle Eastern immigration into the country. It includes the legitimation and foundation of the lawless, pan-optical surveillance state that we now live in. George W.'s tenure also includes large-scale Middle Eastern wars that are poorly prosecuted, initiated with little or no exit strategies. We see that in Iraq, Afghanistan, all the Middle East, fueled by delusions that Iraqis and Afghans not only wanted something like American-style secular democracy, liberal democracy at that, but also were capable of maintaining it. They didn't want us there. They don't want us there. They don't want the liberal democracy. They've proven it over and over again, but yet we maintain that they do. We need you to act like us. Stop it. Everyone does not want to be like us, especially now. Some may. Yeah, certainly there were people there that wanted the Americans there. They felt they felt safer with the Americans in the Middle East. But guess what? Our troops aren't necessarily safer. That soldier's wife who's at home with two, three kids doesn't feel safer. God bless those men and women. need to listen more to the, to the Ron Paul, the Rand Pauls. Get out of foreign wars. We have no business being there. But to top it all off, George W.'s, that's juniors, his tenure it includes policies which helped trigger the 2008 financial crisis. That was on George W. Bush. I regret that everybody heard what, uh, what I said. And once again, the establishment limp-wristed, anemic, weak Republicans supported him the entire time. And that sucks, too. Subsequent presidential candidate, John McCain. With the leadership and the backing of the American people, President Obama will turn this country around. We believe in America. We believe that our best days are ahead of us. And then 2012 Mitt Romney. Join me in welcoming the next president of the United States, Paul Ryan as did the whole do-nothing lot of congressional Republicans between Bush and Trump. But not surprisingly, the Republican Party continued to suck once Trump arrived. They went after him because he wasn't one of them. He wasn't part of the GOP. He couldn't be bought. So they just kept sucking. Nearly all of the Republican Party's leading lights lined up against the only candidate in decades to address the concerns of the party's own base. It was Donald Trump. They all lined up against him. For every Newt Gingrich or Rudy Giuliani, there were dozens of snarky, Romney-like Republicans, Paul Ryan-like Republicans, who, by the way, was the running mate of Mitt Romney in 2000, 2012. What an absolute joke ticket. Those Romney-like Republicans who tried overtly and covertly to take down Donald Trump. And those who didn't, mostly sat by in silence as rogue federal agencies tried to remove Trump from office based on false allegations fabricated by the agencies themselves. The Steele dossier, 
the impeachments of Trump. What a bunch of nonsense. That was a waste of tax dollars. And we see Shifty Shift and the Penguin Nadler and all of that. I mean, the complete nonsense. And here in Swalwell, who we end up finding out that he's, he's shagging a Chinese spy. You're right to be suspicious. I shagged her. What? I shagged her rotten, baby. Yeah. I mean, just unbelievable. And they're going after Trump. Orange man bad. What a waste. And the Republicans said idly by. Very, very few fought back. And now post-Trump, the Republican Party continues to suck. Consider, just for starters, that as the Biden administration resumes the national demolition job that was started by Barack Obama, but interrupted by Trump, Republicans overall have remained passive. Oddly passive. You ask the questions, where's the robust resistance? Where's the alternative proposals? Where's the focused effort on a party rebuild? Wow, that's, that's a great question. Nowhere. We haven't even heard them talk about it. Kevin McCarthy thinks that everything's okie-dokie, hunky-dory. Mitch McConnell thinks everything's okay, hunky-dory. Yes, the party finally found the cojones to remove the deep state Drizella Princess Liz Cheney, a never-Trumper. They removed her from her House leadership position. But just as quickly, they revealed their cojones to be illusory. They chose the worst possible replacement they could find. Who'd they choose? New York Representative Elise Stefanik. Her voting record on all the important issues is indistinguishable from that of any garden-variety Democrat. Pro-Paris Climate Accord, pro-amnesty, anti-wall, anti-energy, independence, etc. So why choose her? Because it's the Republican Party and sucking is what they do. The current Republican Party sucks so bad it can't even manage to stick up for the reality of biological sex anymore. This stuff is why the aliens won't talk to us. I mean, it's, it's, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. It must really suck to be that dumb. The obligation to protect female athletes from unfair competition and indeed injury, as well as female athletics, is an institution is clearly no match for Chamber of Commerce, the NCAA, and Walmart money. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson and South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem had the nerve to cynically justify their corporate kowtowing by invoking the virtues of limited government. Those things would have once been shocking. Sadly, it isn't anymore. It's just what they do. We expect it. Why? Because they suck. Asa Hutchinson and Christy Nome did not stand up for those female athletes. The brute fact is that the Republican Party today, unlike its original incarnation, has no rootedness in any specific moral conception of political life. It is an unmoored, mercenary instrument for hire, and members of a would-be permanent ruling caste have hired it. They have brought it on board. It, that's why, to the extent the pre- and post-Trump Republican Party represents any kind of philosophy at all, it's an economic neoliberalism, which, in practice, enables and acts as a cover for crony capitalism, which is heading towards state capitalism. The full fusion of big business and big government into one giant blob of increasingly totalitarian despotism control freakery 
probably many more synonyms to put in there. It says a lot about Republicans that the most notable recent example of a politician standing up to this noxious fusion came from a Democrat. Listen to this. In 2018, you, you may remember this. Amazon kingpin, Jeff Bezos. Personal net worth, $200 billion. He announced that he'd build a new corporate headquarters in Queens, New York but only on the condition that the city and the state would give his company $3 billion in tax breaks and subsidies. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat in New York, gotten on her a bunch on this podcast, deservedly so, but not in this instance. Here's why. She opposed Amazon's subsidy shakedown. We want you to come, she said in effect, but only if you play by the same rules as everybody else plays. You're not going to get all these tax breaks. And in the end... And in front of Bezos, he pulled out. Said he'd go build his headquarters somewhere else. Yeah, okay, whatever. And here's what the established Republicans, with, by the way, with perfect predictability, they immediately erupted in jeers. Airhead Cortez has cost Queens thousands of jobs. She has no idea how markets work. Dumber than a rock. On some things. But unnoticed by the jeering idiots of the Republican Party was that Amazon's initial offer amounted to the commencement of negotiation. Team AOC made a counteroffer. Bezos threatened to walk. Team AOC refused to budge. Bezos then walked. But in the end, Team AOC won and won big. Why? Because only a few months later, Amazon came slinking back into Queens and decided to build its new headquarters there anyway and pay all of the taxes, all of the other businesses, their pay. Just as Team AOC had originally insisted, in fact, there was good reason to suspect Amazon would cave all along, and yes, they did. And a Republican Party that didn't suck would see this episode as a victory for small businesses, for taxpayers, for Queens, for New York State, for common sense, for fundamental fairness, for equal application of the law, and even for Republican government over a politically corrosive crony capitalism. But instead, the establishment Republicans don't even talk about it anymore. These self-styled geniuses of market capitalism would have handed $3 billion in corporate welfare over to the $200 billion man the second he asked for it. No questions asked, they would have done it. And then they would have congratulated themselves on their business acumen. They'd have thrown a party. A big party. Oh, yeah! Probably on you and on me. Why would they do that? And why did they do that? Because they suck. No one has any clue what the Republican Party stands for anymore, except for whatever its fat cat owners and operators tell it to stand for at any given moment. Or barring that, whatever the Democratic Party stands for at any moment, any moment except less of it. Whatever therefore, we're against. We know the Democrats do that. Whatever therefore, we're against. Donald Trump says hydroxychloroquine works, then it's got to be of the devil. If Donald Trump wants to shut the border down, we've got to open it up. If Donald Trump is behind making a vaccine, it's going to be the worst thing ever. But if Joe Biden gets behind the vaccine, it's the best thing ever. It's complete and political theater. And even as a conservative, 
I can't stand to see these limp-wristed, weak, meek, anemic, Republican Party fat cats sit idly by. Those of us in favor of what Burke called ordered liberty and a revitalized America view the Democratic Party as a target worth taking down because they're for Marxism, for socialism, for communism. But before that can happen, however, we need to destroy or at least conquer and completely recreate another target altogether. That would be the Republican Party. Why do that? Because it sucks. And I hope we can revitalize it and reshape it. But you can read Tao's column, amgreatness.com, americangreatness.com. Let's hope for a better and improved conservative political party moving forward. As always, I ask you to go to the website onthelevel.online. You can go there, read the columns that have been put out in the past. You can pick up the old podcast there as well. You can sign up for the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform host to get the notifications of the new podcast when they drop. Or you can go over to Substack, which is Sean Wall, S-H-A-W-N-W-A-U-G-H dot Substack dot com and sign up for the on the level newsletter there as well and you'll get notifications when a new column drops and when a new podcast is published if you're new here i really thank you for listening i want to continue to encourage you to to come back dropping a podcast hopefully once a week sometimes it takes a couple of weeks i'm a working man practicing the medicine each and every day have a family that I'm raising. We have a farm to follow, but we do this on the side to try to stay in with the common man, talk politics with the common man, like I did today, like to call out the Republican Party, like Tao did with the great calling, to call the Republican Party out, as well as the wokesters and the tyrannical despots that are destroying this country. As always, never assume falsity or accuracy based on the pitch of a story. Let us be honest. Let us be ethical. Let us be on the level and ask yourself a serious question to any information coming our way. Ask yourself, is that true? Thanks for listening to On the Level. Remember that you can help the fools, but you can't help the damned fools. This has been On the Level with Sean Waugh. Join us next time to help keep political sanity. 